This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. All right, we're live. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. We are getting into some buys and sells going into week four. I just got done with like a two-hour podcast with the Podfather, Mind of Mansion, on his Roto Underworld podcast. I'm quite exhausted from speaking. Uh, However, the show must go on. The show Duty must calls. Do the call. <laughs> I have to talk about a bunch of guys that were looking to buy, some guys that were looking to sell. Uh, there, there isn't too much news as of right now. There are a couple things just to quickly mention. Um, Dennis Allen does not expect Jameis Winston to, to miss this week. Um, it's possible that Andy Dalton ends up getting in there. However, it's, look, it's looking like Jameis Winston. Uh, we'll see what the status is on guys like Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry in terms of their injuries and and whether it is, you know, is, if they're going to be able to make it to the game this week or not. Either way, Chris Olave is that dude. Um, Zach Wilson uh, is going to be making his season debut this week. That's already been confirmed by their head coach, Robert Sala. Uh, so we'll see if Elijah Moore can rise from the dead. He's already seeing the most routes run on that team. So we're hoping that he gets some targets. And yeah, that's that's pretty much it. anything else on the top of your head that you can think of news-wise. Yeah, the only thing I have is just Zach Wilson. So you covered that. I mean, I think that about does it. It's kind of that dead spot in the week where, you know, we got a game coming tomorrow, but we're also a day removed from Monday Night Football, you know. Um, it's a lot of just, you know, reports flying around. Um, yeah, we'll see. Not much going and, on. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the presence reports are going to start coming in. You know, don't take Wednesday too heavily, but just kind of have it, you know, have these – anybody who's not practicing on Wednesday, it's not the end of the world. Uh, but, you know, something to look forward – something to keep an eye on moving into Thursday, you know, because we can see a full practice pop up for those guys on Thursday. If they don't practice on Wednesday, you never know. Could, could be rest days for veterans. Um, yeah. All right, let's get right into it, man. Why not? Uh, a couple guys are buying low and selling high on. Well, actually, no, not necessarily buying low on, but guys just that were buying, right? Yeah. Uh, guys that just were selling. They don't. You don't have to buy somebody extremely low. You don't have to sell somebody extremely high. Sometimes you want to buy a guy high, like Chris Olave, right? Chris Olave had a huge week last week. Had a crazy utilization the week before. You know, he's somebody that I would look to buy high, uh, right? Guys like that. Yeah. Is anybody else? You know, off the top of your head, like who've ha- who's had really, really good production so far, uh, or maybe just a, a one week or two. Any of these guys that you're trying to buy right now? Um, you know, we mentioned CD Lamb. You know, he just had a good performance. Yes, you know, it just came up. Um, he actually capitalized on the target and the target share that he was getting. You know, the work that he was getting, and um, it wasn't awesome though. You know, it, it was good. It it was more promising. He had eight catches, eighty-seven yards, and touchdown. But I think it's not nearly close to what the ceiling was thought to be before, you know, everything went down in week one and two. Um, 
maybe you could buy CD Lamb. Like he just had a good week. Yeah. That's not really a buy low situation, but he's still lower, I think, than when he was where he was heading into the season. Um, if you need help, you know, Dak's gonna be coming back soon. There's still no timetable, so that could have uh whoever has him in your league a little antsy for what his production could be the next two weeks because it was the Giants. You know, they're not an awesome team. It's not like they were playing against the Packers. And they did play against the Buccaneers defense, and he didn't do very well. So he might think that might be matchup dependent, whoever has him. Uh, you, you might be able to buy CD Lamb. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that one, actually. That's a good one uh, because he's been doing his thing, but he's still making people nervous, you know, for whatever reason, yeah. right? He did have that um, bad drop. So, you know, he, le- he left stuff on the table, uh, production on the table. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, that's a good one. I like that one. All right, so, um, <laughs> you know, one of these guys that, you know, I was looking to buy, you know, throughout the first couple weeks was James Conner, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, James Conner, you know, obviously I loved him coming into the, into the year, you know, slow start to the year, slow start for that entire offense, to be honest yeah. with you, right? Um, but James Conner, you know, obviously had that ankle injury week two. That's going to slow things down even more. Um, he ended up sharing some of that work in week three, which made a lot of sense. The fact that he played, you know, that's that's a great sign for him moving forward into week four. But I yeah. think I'd take advantage um, of him not even scoring a touchdown yet because he is their three down back. He is playing. Uh, he had 60% of snaps in week three. Uh, he had 18 opportunities in week three, which is really good considering the fact that he was sharing the load with two other running backs. Um yeah. He's a primary goal line guy. He's a primary two-minute drill guy. He's a primary third down guy on an offense that is going to improve, right? They're going to get Rondell Moore back. They're going to get DeAndre Hopkins back. Uh, you know, this offense is not the type of offense that we've been expecting, right, through, you know, three weeks of the season. Uh, and yeah. they have their times when they turn it on. So it's it's looking like, you know, Connor's going to have his weeks. And, you know, you could potentially grab him right now, you know, as an RB2 uh, hoping that he ends up becoming a low-end RB2 at some point. I'm sorry, a low-end RB1 at some point. You know, I, I like James Conner. You know, we talked about James Conner a lot, you know, hanging in the season, how he could be a value. And I think he is still a value, even with the production that he's turned back um, these first few weeks. I'm, if I have James Conner, I'm not looking to sell him. You know, but obviously, if you can sure. buy him, definitely go and buy him. Because we said, this offense is missing a lot of pieces yet. And they've still been producing. Obviously, it's been in, it's been in spurts. It hasn't been consistent, and a lot of it's fallen on Kyler Murray's shoulders to get the um, production going. But eventually, this offense will balance out. You know, teams might be able to stack the box a little bit more against James Conner um, than they would like now. Now, without uh, DeAndre Hopkins and um, Rondell Moore around, it's just Marquise Brown they have to deal with. When they have all those weapons on the perimeter. Uh, things could open up in the run game pretty quick for James Conner. And not only that, but the offense will be able to move faster. Um, they'll be able to move down the field quicker, more efficiently. And then that's kind of where James Robinson, not James Robinson, James Conner made his money last season at the goal line where he was just getting all the touchdowns right there on the goal line in the five, inside the five, you know, all those money touches. So y- you can buy James Conner and, you know, lean on the fact that this Cardinals offense will get better. Um, you don't have to, you can look at it as right now the offense isn't very good but it's going to get better because of the, those guys are going to come back from injury, from suspension. And, you know, the Cardinals offense will be much better. James Conner will be a much better fantasy asset. I, I'm 100% in agreement with this buy. And he's going to get his targets too. It's not all yeah. about the touchdowns, right? Like we would have seen some massive target shares in week two and week three. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Given the fact that they were missing some of their guys. Um, yeah. And we would have seen the massive target share if he didn't get hurt. So 18 opportunities in this game. He got his targets in this game as well. Uh, I'm looking for James Conner to not only kill it in the touchdown department, but also kill it in the reception department too. And I wouldn't be surprised if he ends the year with 50 catches despite missing, or 50, 60 catches despite missing a lot of this time you know, early in the year. Uh, you mentioned yeah. uh, another James, James yeah. Robinson. And listen, he continues to be a solid start. And I know people are going to be mad at me about this. People are going to be mad for us. Like, how can you sell James Robinson? But listen, I am taking advantage of the situation here. Okay. I'm taking advantage of the above expected fantasy points that he's scoring compared to what his opportunity looks like. When there's a massive delta between the fantasy points scored and between the type of opportunity that he's getting, that's an opportunity to sell for a player who you would not have been able to get otherwise. Okay. Can you grab a wide receiver one right now with James Conner? You might be able to. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry, with, with James Robinson? I, I did the same thing you did. With James Robinson, you might you might be able to. Will yeah. you be able to go get, you know, an Alvin Kamara plus something? You might be able to. Will you be, you mm-hmm. know, depending on the lead that you're in, you're going to be able to buy a lot. What James Robinson affords you right now is buying power right now. While yeah. his four touchdowns in three weeks, right? He's a current RB3. People are dying out there for running backs, Okay. <laughs> So it's just not sustainable what he's done so far, given his early down roll. So I'm looking at teams in my league who need a running back desperately. I'm looking at their wide receivers. And I'm like, hmm, A.J. Brown looks kind of good right now. You know, try yeah. to get some A.J. Brown. You know, C.D. Lamb. You worried about C.D. Lamb? I'll take him off your hands. You know, yeah. players like that, high, Devontae Adams, you worried about him? Yeah, he hasn't got the targets. He hasn't got the receiving yards. So... You know, and, and for a lot of people, for people like me, that seems silly. Like, I would never trade Devontae Adams for a guy like him. Someone's worried about Justin Jefferson. One amazing week in week one, two duds in a row. Yeah. I might have to add on to that trade, obviously. Maybe give a wide receiver two plus James Robinson for, for somebody mm-hmm. with that type of, you know, you know, with that type of ceiling, with that type of, um, listen, I'll say this. James Robinson right now, he's a good start. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think that you got to take advantage when these guys are elevated and not get caught in like the excitement of how good your late round player was. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And this is not because I, I would Travis Etienne guy. Okay. There's nothing to do with that. It's just that I know that James Robinson is the start over Travis Etienne. Obviously, this week they're going up against the Eagles. It might be a good time to give up James Robinson. Yeah. And, you know, we're not saying that, you know, James Robinson isn't going to continue to play well. You know, no. he, it's been a miraculous comeback. You know, nothing short of a miraculous comeback. The way he's turned around from the Achilles tear, not even a year ago. And he's playing very well at a high level. Good for him. Awesome. We're not saying that he's not going to continue to play well. But his value is super inflated right now because of his production. And you're 100% right. You know, fantasy football, it's a business. If you want to call it that. It's not nothing personal. It's not, it's a it's not personal. <laughs> yeah, just business. But you got to look at it as James Robinson now has this inflated value way beyond what you drafted him at. You know, you, your your player has appreciated to the point where you can go and get somebody that was drafted third, fourth round, maybe even second round. Um, James Robinson, each week, he will continue to start for you. He'll continue to play well. He'll get the touches. But his ceiling is capped with Travis Etienne there because they still, they're still they not going to just hand it to James Robinson and be like, all right, 
Travis Etienne, we're not going to hear from you anymore this season. No, it's still a two-back uh, backfield there in Jacksonville. But now you have people valuing him maybe as a very high-end, you know, RB3 or even an RB2, um, higher than we thought he was going to. We thought Travis Etienne might have the the control, have control over the backfield. Um, it's clearly clearly not the case. Um, you, you have to take advantage of it because, like I said, his ceiling's capped. His value's way up right now. You can go get someone that's going to build on your team. Chances are you had James Robinson on your bench going into the season, and now he's just an added piece. You know, you don't need to have him. You might have other running backs that you like. You can go get better at a position you're not at, even at tight end. You know, go get a Mark Andrews maybe. If someone's um, – well, maybe not Mark Andrews. You won't be able to trade for it. But Travis Kelsey, he had a couple iffy weeks the past few weeks. So mm-hmm. go get somebody that's going to make your roster overall, your starting roster better because you probably drafted James Robinson to sit on your bench and just in case anything happened to Travis CTN. But that hasn't been the case. It's a value game. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. Um, Ryan in the chat here is asking, should I trade Lockett and Carter, Michael Carter, for Austin Eckler? Right. And Austin Eckler, you know, someone who has been disappointing over the first couple of weeks, his usage has been pretty disappointing over the first couple of weeks. And, you know, last right. week, you know, Justin Herbert, not himself, that entire Chargers team, not themselves, banged up on defense as well. Uh, but, you know, are you looking at Eckler to bounce back? And for me personally, I mean, this seems like a pretty done deal for me, right? Like Lockett and Carter. Yes, I am trading those two guys for Austin Eckler. And I don't think that's a pretty easy one. Would you, would you say? I think so because Lockett, yeah. you know, he's on a bad offense, and Michael Carter, you know, I think he was benefiting a lot from Joe Flacco um, being the quarterback. I think we might see more Brees Hall with Zach Wilson at quarterback, but um, that remains to be seen. You know, Eckler has the upside. We know what he can be. He's been underperforming, as, as has the Chargers' offense. You have to keep that in mind. So if you're getting Eckler, you know, if anything, if things turn around for Los Angeles, you know, you're in good shape. Eckler has a lot more value than Lockett and Carter right now, and yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, and Zach in, in the comments here is asking, should I trade Conklin, Tyler Conklin, and ETN for Brees Hall? And Brees Hall is one of the guys that I wanted to talk about today as a buy. And, you know, he's heating up right now, right? And, yeah. you know, I want to buy him before he goes off because I feel like he's on the precipice. You know, he's right there. And there's going to be a game where he has 150 yards from scrimmage. He breaks a long run for a touchdown. It's going to happen at some point. He has that breakaway speed. Uh, he finally outstanded Michael Carter on Sunday, uh, being heavily used in the receiving game. And the fact that he's starting to get a higher share of the rushing work as well, this is pointing to potential you know, RB1 usage at some point, maybe in the next couple of weeks. So, yes, I am making this deal. ETN right now isn't like really startable, to be honest. Um, you know, yeah. he's like a flex play at best for Brees Hall. He's an RB2 right now based on his usage, and he can be on his way to an RB1. So you're buying him low, and he's a potential league winner for me. Yeah, I think that's a fair analysis. Um, you know, I wish we saw more ETN because, you know, like I said, he passes the eye test so well, like with flying colors. He looks so good, so explosive, but he's just not getting the touches. I wouldn't call him unstartable. You know, I think you could start him as a flex and get away with it because I think anytime he touches the ball, he's a chance to go for a big gain, you know, score. True. He, he can do that. Um, we don't want to undervalue his talent. But you look at the usage that Brees Hall is getting, you know, you're going to have much better luck um, shooting the moon with Brees Hall than you are Travis Etienne at this point. Um, even if you have to give up Tyler Conklin, um, I'm not sure if that's the driving factor in your trade. I don't know if the guy that you're trading to wants Tyler Conklin. Conklin but I, I think, don't think... He, it's possible that that guy desperately needs a tight end and yeah. he's the one who picked him up off of waivers and not him. He, he right. got outbid on waivers last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now he's like, damn it. 
all right, whatever. I'll give up Brees Hall. Give me, give me, give me Conklin, and give me, give me uh, Lockett. And he's just desperate, right? Uh, right. But yeah, I'm making, I'm making that deal for sure. Uh, Savage Gamer eight one two one is asking in the chat: Should I trade, trade? Should I trade James Robinson and Michael Williams for Tyreek Hill? This is exactly, exactly the type of deal that I want to make. Okay, this is you trade up, you get your stud Tyreek Hill. You know, if I can turn James Robinson somehow, obviously you're giving up Mike Williams. I'm okay with that, right? Mike Williams yeah. had what? What did he do last week? Had a touchdown? He did nothing He had else. a touchdown. It was, it was not a high-scoring game for him. I'll pull it up. Yeah. It, it, I think he only caught a couple balls in that game. In yeah, no. Two. It wasn't what you'd expect. It wasn't what we yeah. saw in week two. So we know that. get rid of him. Get rid of Mike Williams. He's going to frustrate you all year long, okay? And, and Keenan Allen's coming back. Tyreek Hill. He's going to be a monster. He's a wide receiver one. This is exactly the type of deal that I would I would love to make. Trade James Robinson. Trade Mike Williams. Get Tyreek Hill. I love it. I yeah, love it. and love go it. with that trade just quick. You know the way I kind of look at it is you're trading Mike Williams for Tyreek Hill straight up because, like I said, chances are you took James Robinson and you weren't expecting him to right. have any type of value. So now he's just an add-on, the guy that you weren't going to have on your team really starting in the first place, and you're getting Tyreek Hill. Like so, <laughs> I think that's an awesome trade. And that's kind of this what is, James Robinson gives you, that versatility. 100%, man. He's one of those guys. Just take advantage of it. Just take advantage yeah. of it. Um, uh, Angel in the comments, Ortega, is asking, should I trade Olave for Curtis Samuel or ask for more? Uh, I would ask for more here. I think Olave see, – see, Curtis Samuel, you know, he's been getting it done every single week. He's getting the high target share every single week, and he's a solid – I think he's a wide receiver too at this point, especially in PPR leagues. Um but Olave is already wide receiver too to me. And I think Olave's ceiling is just way higher than Samuel, right? Olave is being targeted down the field. Yeah. So he's getting some serious, serious uh, <laughs> air yards air and yards. getting targeted down the field. And he was already being targeted ahead of Michael Thomas last week. So I would personally ask for more here if you can. Uh, it doesn't have to be so much more. Um, but, you know, I would, the thing is like, you're kind of decreasing the upside of your team, uh, by making this deal. Like you might get something maybe a little bit more, you know, every week type of, you know, production, but Olave week, looks week to security. me, it's looking to me like Olave is a stud right now. And it's possible that he has a ridiculous type of year. Um, and, and I, I would, I think this would be a type of deal where, you, where you might regret it later on. Remember we're writing this train with curtis samuel right now curtis samuel hasn't been able to stay healthy okay so it would really suck if you trade away a prospect like olave after killing two weeks in a row um usage wise for someone who ends up getting hurt and I, i'm not i don't want to say that these guys are gonna get hurt but like it's the reality yeah. of it right you kind of have to take that into consideration so yes i yeah. would definitely ask for more um all right let's get back into a couple of these these uh buys and sells real quick before i, I answer some more of the comments here um Let's see. Traylon Burks, man. We yeah. talked about him yesterday, right? Like, if you guys heard the podcast yesterday, we talked about Traylon Burks. He ran a route on almost every one of Ryan Tannehill's dropbacks, I think, except one uh, in week three. So that's a milestone that we have been waiting for him to get anywhere close to. His low output, the one catch day, is literally a blessing yeah. in disguise. Like, I love this situation. From you know, If I don't have Traylon Burks, I love it because I can go grab him. Right. And the way mm -hmm. that we've been talking about him yesterday was that you try to buy him as like an add on to another player. Right. You, you, you're buying, you take one of your players, right. You have one player that you kind of put out on the trade block. You ask for another player, but you're like, you know what? Let's add Traylon Burks onto that deal. Right. And Burks just ends up being the add on there because he didn't do anything. He hasn't done anything all year long. Right. right. So far. However, 
the usage spiked all the way up to him being a full-time player. And uh, he's the guy to have. Robert Woods had a little bit of production last week. I'm selling him. Okay. Um, you know, Burks is the wide receiver, wide receiver that you want. So Woods is like an add-on in a deal, right? Like you're giving away. And yeah. Burks is like an add-on in a deal that you're receiving. That's kind of how I deal with it. And I don't know if you saw the one report that just came out. I think it was this morning that the Titans coaching staff actually acknowledged that they want to get Traylon Burks more involved, even more involved. I than saw just, that. You know, the 100% route, route participation that we saw, um, yep. you know, getting him actually the ball would be excellent now, especially if you're buying him this week. <laughs> you know, we'll see how it turns out on Sunday. But, um, you know, that's, that's only good news for a guy that's going to be sitting on your bench. You know, he's a shadow ad. You know, you're going to you're going to add him in the shadow of another player. and you know, no one's going to see it coming. <laughs> I love that. It's the shadow ad. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> that has to be like a segment for this show. Like at shadow the end ad. of the show, we do the shadow ads, right? Because yeah, <laughs> that's what you do. You know, that's what you're doing with Traylon Burks in this situation. You can do it with a lot of other players too. I love it. I love it. All right. A guy that I'm buying, and I would literally tra- trade James Robinson one for one right now, and you might be able to, is Leonard Fournette. The Bucks offense is completely out of sorts right now. Fournette has yet to score a touchdown. Uh, he's yet to be peppered in the pass game like we're used to. So I'm expecting this offense to find its footing at some point. Um, I was just on the podcast with 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 Fantasy Mansion, um, and he on on the the, the Roto Underworld podcast, and Matt was saying that the number one team with the highest point differential in the NFC, despite how shitty they have been, was the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, yeah. so, you know, it's interesting, you know, once they actually do get their weapons back, how good that team is going to be. So, uh, I am expecting the offense to, to get better. Uh, I expect them to, you know, Leonard Fournette's underlying usage right now is elite, you know, yeah. 90% of snaps, 70% of rap participation. Like this is elite. This is exactly what you want to see from a high end RB one. Okay. So I would easily trade Leonard Fournette trade for Leonard Fournette right now, I would take advantage uh, of his weeks that he's had. And, you know, you, you're looking at somebody who could potentially be top six, top seven of running back when it's all said and done at the end of the year. Yeah, 100%. You know, we know Leonard Fournette has done very good work with the Buccaneers as far as fantasy production. And I think people are panicking a little bit over the entire Buccaneers offense not being that good. You know, this is clearly not going to be the norm for the Buccaneers. They did just play the Packers, who have a very good defense. Well, they were severely um, undermanned. You know, they're retooling right now. They're going to get their guys back. And when they play against a defense that's not the Packers, uh, they're going to find their groove pretty quickly. And then once they get that groove, Tom Brady will keep them in that groove for the rest of the season. The offense will be better. Leonard Fournette will be better. There will be more touchdowns to go around. I think that's 100%. What do you think about this trade that's on the screen right now from Andrew Tan on YouTube? Would you trade Najee Harris one for one for Fournette right now? Yeah, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, dude. Do <laughs> I, it. I think if so. Could, yeah. If you could get that done, I'm doing that all day long. You know, look at the offenses they're on. It's like it's a similar yeah. usage. It's a similar usage between the two guys. You don't yeah. have to worry about Najee's injury. Like it's a little looming, right? We don't know mm-hmm. if it's completely gone. Probably not. And number two, look at the offense. Like you said, easy yeah. peasy. That, that, that's easy an easy peasy. one. You know. And that could go either way. It depends if, you know, you're a, maybe a Steelers fan or just a Najee Harris fan. We know we know what Najee can be, but he hasn't been that. It's just the offense is so bad. There's like there's almost no touchdown upside for Najee because the way they've been getting their touchdowns has not been through the ground. It's just been ugh. It, it's frustrating because I was I was I was huge. I was huge on Najee Harris coming in. You know that 
I was huge. I oh, said, yeah. oh yeah, give, give me the guy had 1,200 yards, 70 some receptions, and it's it's just not coming to fruition. Um, you know, I, I'm ready to unload Najee if if it's for Fournette, 100. Yep, yep. Um, I I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is like one of the most obvious sells at, at, right now. I think for some people they're enjoying the fantasy points, so they don't want to like, you know, admit that Ceh is being is very overinflated. Right, eleven point three touches per game uh, over the last over the first three games of the season, but yet he's the overall RB four, right behind James Robinson on the year. Yeah. So last last week we talked about it yesterday uh, on Sunday he ran the ball seven times, zero yards. Okay, uh, Jerick McKinnon he outsnapped him two games in a row. So while I have the chance, while he's scoring, I'm trying to get rid of him. I'm trying to sell him, and. You can get some stuff, man. Like if you put it put a package together with CEH, I don't think it'll be anything to like sneeze at. I think people are going to consider it. So you know, mm-hmm. obviously, it depends on what type of league you're in. It depends on you know the person that you're trading with. Um, you know, someone like me, who looks at all the underlying data, I'm not going to buy CEH, right? Yeah. However, and you don't want to give him away. However, you know, for a lot of people who look at fantasy points scored. It's very attractive when you see like the type of fantasy points that he scored one, two, and three, right? So like yeah. that that's gonna have that's gonna have some weight. That's gonna have some value. So if you can, if you have Ceh, I'm selling. He does not have a role that you want. Despite this being a good offense, it's not a role that's sustainable right now. Right, and we just talked about you know how he had seven carries for zero yards. Um, he's not even the receiving back. He's not the clear cut receiving back in that pit in that. Uh, not, I was talking about Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs offense, but um, you know, the, we talked about usage all the time. How it's not adding up. It's not. Um, people like you said are probably riding the production. Like, oh, I wonder how long I can ride this out. But it's kind of slowed down. You know, he's not where he was at week one. It's the production still there uh, relative to where you bought him or you got him in the draft. But um, you don't want it to fizzle out on you, and then his value just plummets. You know. And, and that's exactly. kind of where it goes with these guys. Because then he's going to be impossible to sell. Yeah, you're point. not going to be able to offload him. But then you're not going to want to get him off your bench. He's going to be taking up a bench spot because he'll be thinking, oh, well, he had that production at the beginning of the season. Will he get back to it? And then chances are you'll start him a week or two, and then right. he'll screw you. So it's like <laughs> you can get exactly. rid of a lot of problems, you know, upcoming problems that we're anticipating, um, and get value back for him. I don't think you're going to have very much luck selling him on his own. But as an add-on, I think he'd be like really attractive. It's like, oh. Here's a guy with RB2 upside alongside this right. other guy that I might be buying. You know, people might see that a lot better than just CEH. But uh, uh, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot with that goes with CDH, CEH. You can get rid of those issues in the future and go get someone that's much safer or higher upside. That's a great point. Just get rid of the headache now while you can. Yeah. Because that's true. You're going to put the headache might not do, be here. It, it's he's not gonna here. He's going to give you like five points one week and you're going to be like, what the hell? Yeah, it's because yeah. you can't sustain a touchdown every single and week. As soon as that happens, people are going to be like, oh, well, we knew it was coming. Now his, his value is <laughs> none, you know? Exactly. They, exactly. They, might not be, they might not be crapping on him right now, but they're just waiting in the wings, I think. At, the, at least that's me. <laughs> so we got a couple of questions here in the chat. Um, this one's from Spencer. He's asking, trade Curtis Samuel for Jamal. Should I trade Curtis Samuel for Jamal Williams? Uh, Jamal was picked up on waivers week one, so he wasn't on waivers this week. I don't think I'm making this deal uh, unless like I am absolutely desperate for running back production. Now it's possible that you picked up Curtis Samuel off of waiver waivers. You're really good at running back. However, you know, I, 
listen, Jamal Williams has been killing it. He's been doing his thing. There is that looming possibility that Jamal Williams isn't an every down back, right? There is a possibility yeah. that Craig Reynolds ends up eating into more of his share than we think. Kind of what happened last year when DeAndre Swift was out, Jamal Williams didn't play that role. Now, we're kind of banking on the fact that since Jamal Williams has been killing it this year, he's going to continue to do that, right? However, there is that risk. Then what happens? You just lost a wide receiver too, right? Yeah. And Swift is going to be back at some point. And Jamal Williams isn't going to sustain the type of uh, production that he's had with Swift over the past couple of weeks. So I wouldn't expect that type of production, right? Uh, he's been scoring touchdowns, but I don't think that's going to be happening every week when Swift comes back. So, yeah. yes, you know, you'll have two weeks of Jamal Williams potentially, but this is a tough deal for me. If I were to make this deal, I would ask for a wide receiver back. Um, but, you know, you could be in a tough spot. I totally understand that. If you are in a tough spot at your RB2, I'd rather trade Curtis Samuel for a running back that you can use all year long, you know, and then maybe package up yeah. Curtis Samuel with somebody else for that running back instead. That's kind of, kind of yeah. how I would deal with it. I think that's good. And the way I look at Jamal Williams is his production with DeAndre Swift has been overproduction. I don't think his ceiling has gotten any higher. I think it's just more secure, his production now. You know, before it was like he was producing despite DeAndre Swift being on the field. Now he's just going to produce. I think it's going to be very similar to the way we've seen him produce uh, the past few weeks where he scores a touchdown or two. That makes him very relevant. Um, he he can run the ball, but we also know that the Lions have Amon St. Brown in the past game. They have TJ Hawkinson. They have DJ Chark. And they've actually been kind of pass first when you think about it. And the offense has been good. And they'll be able to operate just fine with Jamal Williams. I don't know if I like Curtis Samuel for Jamal Williams. Like I said, like you said, um, if you're in desperate need of a running back right now, I, I think you can maybe justify it. But otherwise, I'm just keeping my hands off that. Which side of the deal are you on with this one from Kevin? ETN or Michael Carter in full PPR? ETN. Me too. I, I, I Me think too. so. See, the thing with Michael Carter is that his role is diminishing, right? And yeah. if you ask me, like, you know, who am I going to start this week? It's probably going to be ETN because Philly is going to, you know, potentially pose some problems for the Jaguars. We thought the Chargers mm -hmm. might do that, but Philly has a much better chance of doing that this week, and we might see a lot of ETN on the field. Um, now, moving forward, you know, ETN is the guy who's most more explosive, the higher draft capital, the guy that the Jaguars are probably going to get involved at some point. Remember, this is just his third game in the NFL that he just completed going into his fourth game. James Robinson has that experience. That's part of the reason why ETN, you know, isn't necessarily, you know, he doesn't have a higher share. This is not a true 50-50 split on early downs. ETN is electric, and there's a chance that he ends up breaking out at some point this year. Can't really say the same thing for Michael Carter. So I'd rather have ETN. I think he's a more, he's a guy who can ascend to a better role at some point this year. Yeah, and like we said, um, Brees Hall's heating up, and Michael Carter could just see his role diminish and diminish and diminish. Not that he's going to be completely alienated from the target share or from the snap share, but um, Brees Hall, you know, they drafted him to be the guy. And if he shows that he can be the guy, there's no reason for Michael Carter to be taking too many significant snaps. We could see Brees Hall's snap share go up, his target share go up, and just his production go up overall. Um, ETN has the upside. Um, James Robinson's there. But um, like I said, I, I you don't want to rely on this completely, but the eye test, you know, ETN's obviously explosive when he gets yeah. the ball. Michael Carter, I think, you know, he's been good, but to use your term, I think he's just a guy. So <laughs> I would um, disagree with that. I think Michael Carter is better than just a guy. 
but I hear what you're saying. Like he's I, more just a guy than Travis Etienne. Uh, yeah, but I think I think I think I think he's good. Just not as good yeah. as Brees Hall. Carter's good, <laughs> but I think that part of his um you know appeal is kind of coming from Joe Flacco and having all that target share. Sure, that he's got. you're not yeah, going to get I, all those catches. I'm not saying uh, he's not. Course. I'm not saying he's just a guy as a talent. But oh, for, okay, okay. Fantasy for fantasy purposes, you know, I see. he's just a guy. Gotcha. I think he's overproducing. So I understand. That makes sense. That makes, So he's yeah. just a guy for fantasy. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. As a talent, I think he's a little bit better than that. Uh, yeah. But uh, I hear what you're saying now. Um, a guy that we disagreed on yesterday, uh, you know, I'm buying him is Alvin Kamara. And you were yeah. you were definitely hesitant to buy Alvin Kamara. Um, so and, and, and I did. I, I think I put out the video on Instagram, too, yesterday. But, did, yeah, yeah. Neither the Saints offense or Kamara is at 100% right now, right? And the underlying usage, it kind of bounced back to what we're kind of used to for the most part, 70% of snaps, most of the rushing attempts. He ran around on 60% of the dropbacks. And he's had single-digit fantasy outputs so far this year. So yeah. that's not going to happen, right? And I think that he is going to end up, you know, being, you know, if he's not an RB1, I think at the very least he could be a high-end RB2 this year. Um, you know, the offensive line isn't good right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this offense as a whole is banged up a little bit, but I think, you know, they'll get a little bit better. Like, I think they will be pass first and I think that's going to benefit Kamara, you know, at some point. Um, he's, he's not healthy right now. And I think moving forward, he's going to have better games. There's no world where, besides the one we're living in right now, where Alvin Kamara has a single digit weeks, two weeks in a row, we have this opportunity. So I might not be expecting the world from Kamara, like RB1 type of, you know, work. But I think he's going to have RB1 weeks. He's going to have top five weeks, but he might not be that every week, you know, in my top 12 type of guy. But I think high-end RB1 is very close to where I think he'll end up being. High-end RB1, you said? I'm sorry, high-end RB2. That's what I was saying. So that's my thing. I If I'm an Alvin Kamara owner, I drafted him to be my high-end RB1, and he hasn't done anything close to that. At the same time, if I'm a Camaro owner, I'm not looking to sell him because we know what he can be. And people are going to be shooting you crap offers for him, chances are. so yes, most likely. Yeah, so that's why I look at it. It's like it's going to be very difficult to sell Camaro uh, because you're going to get a bunch of crap offers. But it's going to be – it's difficult for me just by buying him. If you're 0-3, yeah. if you're 0-3 and you have Camaro, you got to be looking to potentially think about moves. Now, you're not, you don't want to accept shitty deals. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you, you have to make a move, right? To to potentially, mm-hmm. you know, be competitive moving forward because you need some wins right now. Right. And I don't yeah. think you're in the mindset where Alvin Kamara is gonna bounce back in week four. Right. So you're like, all right, well, how can I give Kamara up to potentially get some guaranteed out outcomes for me to get that yeah. W so I can I can move on to week five, one and four or one and three. Yeah. I think the only thing with me for Kamara is I look at the offense, I see it fundamentally changed from the offense that we saw Kamara thrive in. And it's just, we said Chris Olave is getting all these targets. Michael Thomas is there. Jameis Winston is a completely different quarterback. The offensive line actually has issues. You know, they lost to Ron Armstead. They tried tried replacing him with Trevor Penning. He hasn't even started. So, you know, it's a lot of issues on the Saints offense. It's not the same explosive Saints offense that we've had in the past that's powered Alvin Kamara. And that's what kind of has me wondering, you know, is Kamara getting exposed? You know, is he just – I'm not saying that he's not talented, but could his production have been dependent on the offense overall being good? Because 
right now he doesn't look like the same guy that people are drafting him to be. And obviously there were the questions about whether he's going to be suspended or not. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. But um, this doesn't bode well for for his prospects going into the rest of the season. I can't really justify buying him because he hasn't shown me anything yet this season that is worth buying. <laughs> I hear you. I'm what I'm buying is this. I'm buying the the usage that he's that he's kind of getting back to, right? And that usage just points to good production. And we know that Alvin Kamara is a good player. I don't think he lost. He he necessarily lost. He's not the same guy he was a couple years ago. Right? I think that's clear. Right? He's not the same guy who was just highlight reel after highlight reel after highlight reel. But I think he's gotten to the point where he can give you solid production uh, on a weekly basis. This offense is going to find its footing. I'm hoping that he, they depend on him more in the receiving game, right? You, you don't want Alvin Kamara to have to, you know, have 20 carries in a game. You don't need that. What you need is like 12 to 13 carries a game, seven targets a game. That's what you want, right? And that's, that's yeah. what I think can end up happening. Um, I do think they're going to end up using him in the receiving game once he's, once he's right. Um, so, you know, I, I only want to buy him because he's dirt cheap right now. And I think that depending on the situation that a lot of these fantasy managers are in with Alvin Kamara, if they're 0-3, I think they're going to want to make a move. And you might be able to get Kamara on the cheap. That's the only reason. I think now, it's hard to get hurt at a price that's as low as it is right now. But at the same time, it's just I don't think there's enough there to justify moving a bunch of players um, that you likely have to move to get him right now. I that, that's that. Yep. And we're, we're different fantasy managers. I don't think I don't have Alvin Kamara in any leagues. I don't know if you do. I don't, I, I don't but, either. You know, so we're we're pretty unbiased here. Neither of us have Alvin Kamara. Um, take what take what you want from this conversation that we just had. But exactly. Um, now let me ask you a question, man. After week two, I tweeted out and I said that it's time to buy Juju. Mm-hmm. Right? Juju had a tough matchup. Um, and he had a decent game in week one. Twenty percent higher than twenty percent target share in week one. In week three, he disappeared. But you know. A relatively tough matchup against the Chargers out of the slot. And then he had a pretty good game in week three. High target share, yeah. more than 20%. Again, he just didn't score any touchdowns yet. And I feel like those touchdowns are going to come at some point. So yeah. Juju, to me, is looking like somebody that, you know, he, he is, he's been scoring like a, a low-end wide receiver three, maybe a flex play right now. That's how he, actually, he's been scoring like a flex. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think there is some low end wide receiver to high end wide receiver three untapped potential here with Juju because of the fact that he hasn't scored a touchdown yet. If those touchdowns do come with the type of uh, targets and receptions that he's getting that he got in week one and he got in week three. I feel like there's people are sleeping on Juju a little bit in what he's capable of on this offense. I, I think so. I mean, you have Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback, and that's really all you need to know. Um, the Chiefs don't have a standout wide receiver right now. Juju, I think, fits the mold as the guy with the best opportunity to kind of jump out and be that guy. Um, if you can get him low, you talk about him as a buy, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 26% yeah. target share this past week. Uh, same thing as Travis Kelsey, who also had a 26% target share. Uh, in week one, let me see. I'm looking at it right now. Juju ended up having, having a 21% target share, and Travis Kelsey had a 23% target share. So yeah. these are the two guys that Patrick Mahomes is looking for. There's no other guys on this offense outside of the running backs that Patrick Mahomes is throwing to. So Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, has some boom weeks coming. Mm-hmm. I think his upside outweighs the risk that you'd be getting. I don't think you'd have to trade much 
for Juju. I think he's going to end up giving you a high floor regardless. Yeah, we, he didn't get it done for you in week two, but it was a tough matchup. Not a, there's wide receivers disappear all the time. No, yeah. look, look at look at Justin Jefferson, like two weeks in a row disappeared. All right, mm-hmm. we're not we're not giving up on Justin Jefferson. Obviously, we know he's a great player, but I think Juju's going to have a high floor in PPR every single week. You know, for the most part, I would say like thirteen out of seventeen weeks, he's going to have a high yeah. floor, and then five or six of those weeks, he's going to score a touchdown, uh, maybe more. And he's going to give you a boom week. And he, I think those 20-point games are coming for Juju Smith-Schuster based on the offense he's on, based on the quarterback that he's paired up with. Yeah, I think you take advantage of disgruntled Juju owners. That's, I, that's, I the, way just, that's the way you have to be. He just, he just hasn't scored a touchdown yet. That's yeah. really, literally all the only thing wrong with Juju. Like any other receiver, you'll be happy with that type of production that he's had in weeks one and week two, week three. Yeah. Um, we talked about Austin Eckler a bit. Are you worried about Austin Eckler, dude? Like, are you worried that his, you know, his uh, usage hasn't been there because it hasn't. These other running backs have been involved, and he only got a handful of carries uh, in week. Are you worried a little bit? Well, yeah, definitely a little bit. You know, there's panic and there's worry. I- I'm worried. I'm not panicked. Uh, I don't think the Chargers' offense is any close, anything close to what it should be, and for whatever reason that is, I don't know. Um, Justin Herbert, you know, he's banged up. They just lost Rashawn Slater for the whole year. Um, you know, the injury bug is once again rearing its ugly head for the Chargers. And I think that's kind of causing the Chargers offense to fall off a little bit. Um, Eckler, even with the offense not performing well, Eckler hasn't seen the workload. But you wonder as if as these injuries pile up, um, someone's going to have to get the ball. Can Austin Eckler kind of reclaim that role? That's what I'm kind of hanging on to. That's what's keeping me from full-out panicking on Austin Eckler. Um, I think that the blowout against Jacksonville was a bit of an aberration. You know, I, I don't think that's something that we have to worry about seeing too much in the future. But um, the Chargers offense isn't anywhere near as dynamic as it was uh, last season. Uh, Justin Herbert, you know, he's banged up. And uh, Austin Eckler hasn't had the workload. I think things can get better, but I don't know if he has any longer that upside that people were chasing uh, with drafting him very early in the first round. My concern is him losing the goal line carries, right? Yeah. Because without and the goal line carries, that. that is going to be a big change in role for him. Because last year, those goal line carries led him to getting 20 touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? Like he had a bunch of yeah. receiving touchdowns as well, but those goal line touchdowns were a big part of his success. And if he doesn't get that, then this is not a great situation for him because if he's only getting like 13, 14 touches a game, obviously he's still going to have that ceiling, but that floor kind of disappears. Um, and, you know, that that ceiling that he had, well, actually the ceiling actually decreases because of the fact that he's not getting those goal line touches. So that's a situation yeah. to monitor. Now, I think he's still a buy. I think he's still somebody that's going to be undervalued. Um, and I think a lot of the trades that I've been seeing, to get Eckler has been like really underwhelming. <laughs> so yeah. like, I think people aren't really selling Eckler for much right now. Um, another guy that people aren't selling for much right now and is dirt cheap is Elijah Moore. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's a little obvious to get uh, to try to trade for Elijah Moore right now with Zach Wilson coming back. Um, you know, it's like you're obviously trading him because of a potential spike in Elijah Moore's target share uh, yeah. this week with a new quarterback. Right, like that happens all the time, and people are going to be privy to that. Uh, so people might not be willing to sell; they want kind of want to see what happens with yeah. Zach Wilson. But you know, let's you know just 
kick the tires. You never know. Elijah Moore, listen, he's a very, very talented wide receiver. We know that already. So that's the reason why it's kind of a bet on talent when you buy somebody like that. And I think it'll happen. The Jets are running the second most plays in the NFL over three weeks right behind the Bengals. And by the way, Bengals, we talked about them running the most plays in the league last year. Like yeah. over the offseason, we've been talking about that. They're number one so far through three weeks. The Jets are number two. So I would buy Elijah Moore. The target share can go up. I think him and Garrett Wilson can end up getting it done. You know, guys like Tyler Conklin, this target share might go down. The, the running back target share might go down a little bit with Zach Wilson. So there is room for both Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore to shine. And I think that, you know, I think he's a solid buy right now, especially given the fact that he probably won't be expensive. Yeah, I think that's one of the more obvious buys. And there's optimism surrounding Elijah Moore now, you know, after, you know, pessimism the first three weeks that he hasn't had the targets. Like, oh, maybe Zach Wilson yeah. will come back and save his yeah, season. It's true. You know? It's true. That, that's good. It's, it's, that's it's, good. It's, a little, it's a little tough. Yeah, it's tough. I'm not saying that you shouldn't buy him. Um, right now, you know, people are clinging that, oh, maybe he will produce better this week. You know, he will actually get the targets that we're looking for. But, um, I don't know what happens. What happens if you know he doesn't get the targets, and now he's sitting there and he's super cheap. You know, now that that's interesting. He could be even cheaper. You know, moving forward, if he has a bad week, you're right. He'll be way cheaper if he has a bad game with Zach Wilson. Like, and then okay, and then this is really betting on because this is what people are doing right now. They're betting on okay, maybe Zach Wilson will save the season, but say he doesn't in week four, but now he does in week five. Suddenly he gets a bunch of targets in week five. If you buy him after the week four, you know, if he doesn't perform very well. Which who who are they playing this week? Depending on the defense, you know that could actually line up, and then we could I I could recommend that you wait, maybe because the stock I, might I, go down. I, I totally He's forgot playing he Pittsburgh. This week. Pittsburgh. All right, oh, okay. so, so it's that's a little that's a little tough, but okay, it's not, it's not too bad yeah. for wide receivers. All right, so let's say let's say your Elijah Moore owner waits. To, oh, I want to hold on to Elijah Moore and see what he does this week, and then he does badly. Well, now the price is all the way down. You'll be like. Saw it coming. I want to buy him anyway. So it's like, I'll take him for pennies. And then you do that. And then I think you have upside there. Elijah Moore, we see the talent that he has. Uh, what he did at the end of the year, end of the season last season, you know, he could get back to that. Um, like you said, wide receivers come and go. Uh, they fade in, fade out really quickly. And, you know, I, I think maybe wait if you can't get him this week. If you can get him for cheap this week, I'd do it. That's a great point. I like that. So if you can't get Elijah Moore right now, wait another week. Maybe he shuts the bat again. You buy him next week. I like yeah. that a lot. Much cheaper um, too. Now, I, I is one more guy I want to hit on real quick, and that's DJ Moore. I, I personally have no interest in buying DJ Moore. Yeah, Baker Mayfield looks like shit. I made the mistake of thinking that D, that Baker Mayfield can actually be a good quarterback. You know, outside of Kevin Stefanski's scheme, I was wrong. He's <laughs> terrible, and the fact that he has been you know, kind of acting like the Browns did have such an injustice by bringing Deshaun Watson in. I mean, I'm not talking about the the injustice of what happened in the world. Yeah. But I'm talking about uh, bringing in a quarterback that could take his job. Right? He's like, how dare you, right? But now we're all looking at him as a pretty bad quarterback right now through first three weeks. He's one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL, right, through yeah. the first three weeks. So. I, 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 despite DJ Moore's price being at the floor, I still don't want to buy. Yeah. Are you, are you, would you potentially, you know, was that, does that he interest you at all? Even if he's dirt cheap? It's really difficult. You know, he has the talent. Um, of course you have trouble starting. Like I don't want to start him in either of my wide receiver slots or any <laughs> three of my wide receiver slots. I'd want to start him at flex at this point. 
Um, if anything, because the, the talents are, it's, we don't want to call them unstartable because we know the talents there, but um, you can't even say, Oh, maybe the Panthers will move for a quarterback. They'll get someone in here that can actually throw the ball. There's nobody on the market right now. Um, right. And, in the NFL to replace Baker Mayfield at this point. And I think this is just, they, they have Sam Darnold to pick from and they have Baker Mayfield to pick from at this point. And PJ, and PJ Walker. And PJ Walker. <laughs> and PJ Walker. Don't forget about him. But um, yeah, thank you for reminding me. But at this point, you know, DJ Moore's production was better with Sam Darnold than That's Baker true. Mayfield. So like from a fancy perspective, you're actually cheering on maybe two. Would you take let's, two more let's crappy bring in Sam Darnold. Let's bring in Sam Darnold. He'll get DJ Moore going a little bit, and then he'll get Christian McCaffrey going a lot. He's yeah. going to be checking it down to CMC all day long. That's what we want. So well, let's give you, it to Baker. Yeah, you look at Baker Mayfield and say, as a DJ Moore fantasy owner, you're like, do we take two more crappy weeks of Baker Mayfield enough that he gets benched and they put Sam Darnold in? You know, like, that could work. You know, is that something we root for? You know, it, it could work. Um, let's go, Sam. Whole, like, the problem, it seems to be Baker Mayfield, because even last season when the Panthers were bad and they had all the quarterback turnover, at least DJ Moore was relevant. <laughs> you know, he's I, not I, relevant. I saw, I saw a montage on Twitter uh, of Baker Mayfield just like completely missing throws. Uh, yeah. and it was like mostly to DJ Moore. And I was just like, I had to turn it off. I was like, I can't take this anymore. This It was so bad. Like missing yeah. windows, like obvious throws, like the timing was off accuracy issues to DJ Moore. Oh my God. It was really bad. Um it's, so yeah. It's too bad Matt Corral got injured. Man, you know, Matt Corral was wasn't injured. You know, that would be interesting. But uh that would be extremely interesting because you, yeah. you know I'm a fan of Matt Corral. Um yeah. coming in. So anyway. All right guys, that's it. That's all we got for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening uh and watching on YouTube as well. So we'll see you guys uh next week. Uh, you know, if you, we didn't talk about underdog fantasy, but we're going to be putting up a bunch of those picks, by the way, seven out of eight, correct on underdog fantasy. All right. Listen, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I'm patting myself on the back from Monday night. Uh, if you use my picks, you wouldn't want some money. Okay. Uh, we're doing the same thing for Thursday night, Thursday night's game tomorrow, uh, for those pickums, all you got to choose is higher or lower on a bunch of stat lines, put them together. You can multiply your money. Use code upper hand at underdogfantasy.com, download the app and sign up. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate you, Zach. Good talking to you, brother. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to be talking about quarterback and running back rankings. And we'll be debating through that. Thank you, guys. See you soon. Later.